What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Dre, with another Against the Grain podcast, where we elevate your mind, align your purpose, and maximize your potential. So sit back and relax, and tune in to another episode. Yeah! It's ATG. Alright, we back with another episode against the grain. We got a special guest. Is Will is Will a special guest? I mean, yeah, the niggas never special. Been I ain't never been here before. I guess yeah, he no <laughs> <laughs> So we we it's the quarantine episode. Everybody know the coronavirus is going on right now. So how y'all been, you know, coping with the coronavirus and quarantine? How y'all living your day to day life? For sure, for sure. Let me go ahead and kick it off. This is uh, Dre. Y'all know who it is. CEO, CFO, creative, founder. Uh, putting everything together for Against the Grain, man. I've been pulling these lackeys for a long time. Uh, we back with another Reloaded episode. You feel me? Against uh, the Grain. Let's... Reloaded. Uh, <coughs> edit that out. This um, is uh, man, man, you can't even do that no more. You can't even clear your man, throat. Man, you can't no even clear your throat. Home. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. But no, nah, man, you know, I've been, I've been cooling, man. Honestly, like, I think the whole craze hasn't hit me yet. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's going to hit me at all. Because um, I just do the normal things that I always do. Like, you know, wash my hands, go to the store, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I think it's a new thing for everyone else. Uh, no, man, I've just been living life, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they closed down literally everything. I can't go to the gym. Can't do anything. Been going semi-crazy uh, in this quarantine. We in day, what, like eight? And I feel like we in day 80. So, you know, it's, it's been it's been a struggle for your boy. You know, on my end. Hey, I'm an introvert, so ain't nothing really changed. <laughs> <laughs> I've been quarantined since 2019. That's a fact. <laughs> so I don't know. But Nick, Nick, you the mover and shaker. Hey, man, you know what? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> it's been rough for your boy, been in the crib, you know. Shots throughout the day, a little smoke session here and there. Oh. And <laughs> that's shots. That's good. You know, I got you know, I got my daughter with me today. We taking up two weeks together. So hey, she taking shots with you too. Hey, that was a horrible segue. <laughs> man, man, I got my daughter shot. with me. Drink. I've been out there influence the whole time. I've been drinking and driving. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Somebody call social services. Man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't give it to y'all no other, no other way. You got no healthy coping methods. You said it's nothing but drinking and smoking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to put rock by my time. Oh, man. I mean, it's been crazy, though. If you've been with the conspiracy theories, people been like, are we all going to die? The government shut us down. We got martial law coming. Y'all been buying some conspiracy bad, theories. This is the template for martial law, though. To be honest with you, man, it's 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 uh taking the power away from the individual and the citizen, which is we see that happening, and giving more power to the state, you know, and federal institutions, which is happening again. You know, you see these trillion dollar bailouts. You see the police department and you know municipalities having the ability to, you know, either fine or lock up people if they are outside, you know, the the, the mandated time for you to have your curfew. So, you know, these are, you know, the fundamental steps toward martial law. So it's not really a conspiracy theory at this point, more so than a few steps away. But you know what? I think that um, 
So for me, man, I stopped. I stopped listening to all these conspiracy theories, dog. Just cause like I was losing sleep at night, bro. Like I was getting three, four hours of sleep because my like my fucking mind was like running. Just try all those shots, nigga. <laughs> 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 but um, I'm so 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 um to add on to what Dre said, the, the, these are the fundamentals to martial law. Um, whether we get that Fortnite, I don't know. I believe that's gonna be uh predicated upon the behavior, the, the behaviors of us as citizens, right? Yeah. So gonna be able to control our actions, our mental, you know what I'm saying? Or are we gonna just wild out? If we wild out I just want control their actions if about thirty percent of people who have business and it could be up to like thirty five or forty because they didn't took out grown men and personal business and uh necessary or whatever quote word they're using for businesses. So it's like, at what point do people start wilding out? Because you're not getting no checks. Like, think about the bartenders, the servers, the fast food workers. Agree. And all that. Agree. I mean, it, I mean that, 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 so that's outside of everyone's, you know, pay grade in, in, into where I cannot properly answer that. So I don't know. But, but nonetheless, my premise is the actions of us as individuals within society is going to dictate whether martial law will be enforced. Or not. Can I present a counterpoint then? So if you put someone in a disenfranchised state with limited resources in a confined space, hence a project, what do you think happens, you know, from from that construct? My G again, I'm 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 not I'm not going against that though. You know what I'm not saying? saying you are going against it. I'm just saying like logically speaking, what do you like what, what happens? I'm not saying this is your thought process. I'm just saying this is what actually happened. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like I definitely agree. And again, um, it, it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna unfold over the next two weeks. I feel like we we were not proactive enough going going into this coronavirus. I feel like I feel like they had an ample amount of time to prepare us. I really do. They had an ample amount of time to be able to prepare us and put some emotion. Bro, they've been knowing about this shit since early February, but yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think a lot of people that, took it as serious as it has Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's only I, an issue when it's like a domestic issue. So worldwide issues aren't American yeah. issues, and that's a sad truth. But it's only an issue when it's domestic. Like America is like in this bubble that <laughs> that they see the rest of the outside world, and they think, okay, well, since we're in America, it doesn't necessarily apply to us. So I I, I definitely agree today. I believe this though. I believe that they do knew they 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 knew in advance that this was going to turn into a pandemic. And that's why they got they finance, their personal finances in order first before it's, they, you know, notified the public. It's you a few, it's a report out there that talks about the, the federal government kind of knew about it. And there was a few people that kind of signaled that, it's, it's up in the air right now, but like people had signaled that March would be like the downturn because they didn't prepare for it. They almost like didn't prepare for it on purpose. So they have enough time, like you said, to get they, they stuff in order to like pull out of everything. Pull out of everything, bro. Pull out of everything. <clears throat> so it's like, again, um, all, all this day, bro, they had all this information in advance, but they chose the interest of their sales and other particular individuals over the Surprise. American people. That's the capitalist way, bro. Capitalism breeds greed and money investment. It's not. It's not a humanitarian type of political structure. Um, but it's literally the monetizing of everything. That's capitalism. See, my, my only thing with capitalism is like when when it comes to greed, 
when you become so greedy to the point where who becomes your consumer? But but that's 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 the whole point of like you say, Nick. I say when it comes to capitalism, there's no moral balance. There's no moral cap like compass. Yeah, there is. There will never be one. Yeah, of course that's not. The whole, but it's the whole thing of capitalism. It's cutthroat. It's like how can you get the most money? That's that's the only premise there. Like how can you get the most money? It's not dividend out. It's not. That's why taxes uh, benefit, especially in the right wing constructs or Republican constructs. It benefits entrepreneurs and those you know top two percent. You know, and then this is the first time in a very long time where the middle class, it's not even the middle class anymore, but the middle class. The working class. Taxed, yeah, the working class is being taxed more than the rich or the CEOs but, or the CFOs and things. But see, when you, when, you, when you get to that point in capitalism, it's like when, when the majority of money shifts to one side to, to, the, to the businesses, then it creates a collapse because you have no money on the other side as far as your consumer. So who consumes your product? So creates a, a collapse. True. So, um, you know what? I, I read an interesting report, and it said, and it showed how corporate has been moving money, and how corporate uses ninety eight percent of its cash flow for corporate buybacks. So, yeah, it was like so they could have been well prepared for any type of economic downfall and shift that was going to happen. You know what and I mean? on top of that, they get bailouts. You know what I'm saying? So you're not really under. Like you could also you had a foresight, and then they use those bailouts not even to reinvest within the. Well, actually, they, in a sense, they do reinvest in the company because they buy back their own stock. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. Right. So, so it's just like a it's a hamster wheel that's not made for the working class. Like everything yeah. is made for business owners, entrepreneurs, and it's top. Well, the rich, you know, so the rich get richer and the poor get poor in a sense, and that is capitalism mm. and its finest. And that's what I knew. I, I knew that it was going to be a big issue when they began to shut down all the casinos. Because, bro, we're talking about a billion dollar industry. Like, okay, yeah, a couple mom and pop bars. Okay, cool. So what? But the bro, NBA is done. Yeah. The NBA is done, bro. Man. Yeah. NBA, billion dollar industry. And you know, it's all the sports industry is done right now. Yeah. And peak season. Uh, so I read, I read a report back Man, in 2017. And they talked about the average household black network, how it was going to go down in 2020. So that was three years ago. And they said by 2053, the average black household network is going to be zero. The best way to take, to, to take away um, the network within the black community is what? Attacking the entertainment industry. Real shit. Think about it. I believe, I believe our athletes are getting too, much, too powerful. The voice is getting too big. And this is also another great tool to silence everybody. Yes, yes and no. But I certainly get where you're coming from. Because from, the in, from the entertainment industry, there's nothing you can do to offset what's going on right now. Through the collective bargaining agreements, though, with, with athletes, though, um, as of now, they are getting paid for their wages, even though things are off. But I know that's it, an ongoing thing. The NBA. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, the NBA. Yeah, the NFL is just trash. But. The NBA right. right now, they do have that opportunity to continue to get paid, but it could stop, you know, depending on how they view their collective bargaining agreement. So, I yeah, mean, no, I certainly get where you're coming from in that regard. So, we talk about capitalism. I made a joke on my Facebook earlier today. I was like, it's not too late to be a communist. And I was being sarcastic a little bit, a little bit. But, like, yeah. the, the, the premise is, like, like Will said, if capitalism gets so greedy to the point where you don't even care about, a consumer, 
then we're going to have always have these collapses. And it's like, at what point do you think people, even even everybody here is pretty much entrepreneur minded. Like they, they you thinking about, and it's not really based on Greece, more about, I want to do my own thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so what, where, where do we find the happy medium of thinking about you know, business or creating my own endeavors versus having a society that says, we don't really care about the, the end consumer or the or the, the working class or the laborer so much. Like these people who are working these jobs right now, who got to be out here either in fast food or in the grocery store who making 10, $11 an hour, if those people had a living wage, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how can we change? How, what does the, what would it look like to you if everything was kind of the right way? I think, I think the one we gotta ask ourselves, do we really have a realistic vision of what the American dream actually is? Cause we've been so one thing, but it doesn't line up with actuality. So yeah. now we have to have internal honest conversations with ourselves about what we actually see on the surface. And I don't really believe that the American dream is a white picket fence with a nice house and the, you know, and, and you got Air Bud running in the backyard and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like that's great from an imagery standpoint, but from an actuality standpoint, that's not the consistent American dream that anyone has witnessed. We've had times throughout history to where, okay, yeah, you, you, you've seen people thriving in certain markets or certain industries. But it's only for that time period. It's only for that season. Because it's always capitalizing up something. That's 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 the that's like I feel like it's almost like common sense. I mean, I mean my biggest thing is like why do you think people don't see it? Because like Will said, it's common sense that at some point these recessions keep on happening, depressions keep on happening because as people capitalize as much as they can, they leverage as much as they can. Because when people are talking business to leverage, 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 leverage other people's time, other people's money, other people's energy. To where it's going to be a collapse at some point when things don't make sense, and so why don't why don't you think that every day or do or maybe do you think they do? I don't think they do personally because the conversations I see people having about politics and the economy, but why do you think people do or do not see the the connection between capitalism and like disenfranchisement or inequality? Is it like the promise of money or like? Is it the winning the game, or what is nah, it? I think it's. I feel like people are comfortable with the status quo. So it's like once after a certain time, something being the way that it is, you just accept it as reality or as the norm. You know what I'm saying? So if you are taught this and this is, you know, instilled in you and instilled into your parents and your grandparents and all that, naturally, you know, and this is that nation versus nurture that we spoke about, you know, initially. But innately, you might have that entrepreneurial spirit. And you may like want to go out and attack. Uh, different business ventures and things like that. I'm sure Nick can attest to this as well. But over time, everyone tells you that's not the opportune way to go, that you shouldn't go this route. Um, traditionalists say that you need to go to this strategic route in order to be successful in X, Y, Z. And we know that it's not. Like, like it's only when you start unplugging and start seeing things for what they naturally are, that you start seeing, like, the ways that things uh, can be revolutionized. Case in point, like, I just use you, for example, Nick. You don't need a traditional degree in order to be successful. You don't need right. a traditional degree in order to get education. I find the most educated brothers that I've come across are those who, after they got the degree, or even before they got the degree, start reading books, start going to seminars, start connecting, finding mentors, finding connections within their specified field, and then grew naturally via those endeavors. Like you don't need a traditional path and need to beat the pavement 
with a book and read and regurgitate things on the Scantron test. That is even the natural law, I mean, natural way of how people learn information. Like you learn right. in team environments, exchange information from those who've been through those types of situations before you, gaining wisdom and experience through their actual action. Not reading about it so much, about all these theories and all of that, and then applying it to a Scantron, regurgitating it, and then forgetting the information that you read you know, within two to three months time. Like that's not a sustainable way to learn a new trade. You have to be immersed in it. You have to learn from those who are doing it and then you have to actually do it. So I think in America, we have this uh, misconception and it's, it's on purpose, obviously. And it's a great scheme because companies tell you and, and high schools are companies, <laughs> collegiate systems are companies, all of that. Companies tell you that it's a pipeline. So the pipeline in high school for them to be accredited and keep their accreditation, they have to send a, you know, a certain amount of people to a collegiate environment, trade school, military, et cetera. Otherwise, you know, they fall within, I mean, below, you know, a threshold that the state mandates. Yeah, so, so, it's, so it's all a placement thing. So if you Same fall thing. Within, you know, below those thresholds, you know what I'm saying? It's a pipeline to get you into systematic debt, especially for those of us who are new first generation collegiate students. You know what I'm saying? It's a great way to get you into systematic debt and then once you're in that hamster wheel, it's very hard to get out because you have more debt than your annual, you know, income will allow you to pay off. Like it's all so, a scheme. That's, so you saying, so you saying, once people are in the system, it's hard to like really unplug from because your life is pretty much predicated on it. Yeah, you got to play the game to get out the game. You know, and that's the unfortunate thing about it. Like you got to play it in it to find a way. Like like I said, your first job is your first investor so like you can invest in yourself but you can still find ways to get out the matrix and that's just in the that's just in the like a monetary sense but in order to get out of the matrix and kind of unplug you need to first research have enlightenment within yourself be within the system and then actually go forward towards it and a lot of people just get lazy after a while and just like man this is just the way it is i gotta beat it out through you know these preconceived you know methods but but you know what i think i think also so many people go down the same beaten beaten path because that's the only path that's constantly being filtered through our minds you know what i'm saying like all you hear is college right that, that, that's the only thing that show you so so when it's time to break free and really try to pursue your passion and really try to figure yourself out bro there's no blueprint to that you know what i'm saying and in a sense there's no safety net to that you know what i'm saying because everything is now on your shoulders so you're literally carving out your path as you go you know what I'm saying? Opposed to, I'm going to go down this path. It may be old. It may be run down. I know a lot of people that's done fail going this way, but this is the most consistent path I see. And I feel like that's why so many people are conditioned to continue to exemplify the same uh, decision-making skills over and over again when it comes to relying on the system. If anything, this entire outbreak has showed me that we have been living in a false sense of reality, period. Americans, I mean, Will, we, 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 you said it earlier, because we're in this bubble and we think can't nothing happen to us. Bro, every war we've been in, every, every, uh, every attack, nothing has ever happened on U.S. soil. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we've always felt safe, regardless, regardless of what was going on in the world. We see it on TV, and we're like, damn, that's fucked up. Then we flip it to ESPN and continue on with our American lives. Yeah. This is the first time American life has ever been interrupted. From top to bottom, completely interrupted. Nigga, whether you are the haves or the have-nots, can't nobody leave their fucking field. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all in the same position.
position, and I've never seen anything like this before in my life. You know what I'm saying? It's a wake-up call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because now we gotta ask ourselves, what are we really striving for? Because for me, the one thing I the one thing that I've gained from all this, bruh, everything is about relationships with your family and your friends. Because when you ain't got shit, when you can't be entertained by this false reality, the true reality, the true reality is gonna set in. Family, friends. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all you got at the end of the day. Man. That's all. That, that's all you really got. Like, even if you have money, gee, if you can't spend the money, it's no point in having the money. Man, that's the no deal right now. Yeah, you man. Hear me? It's like it's like motherfuckers that that got closets full of clothes and shoes. What the fuck you gonna wear it to? The living room and the kitchen? <laughs> you know it's like, really holds no value. It holds no weight. Are you hitting on really the? Holds Wait, his family and relationship. Like a spin, bro. He, he hitting on a really important point <laughs> that, like, I think it's not it's not addressed enough. It's like the the value of human life that's not value in a capital system because we value in the capital and we think okay we can get we can deal with the human stuff later after we get the money. But right. like I said, you can't spend the money. What's the point of it? And I'll be I'll be thinking about this all the time. You know, we talk about like slavery and how, you know, they didn't just take slave, they took doctors and, you know, uh, philosophers and all this kind of stuff. But in the same breath, you look at capitalism, how many, how many great inventors or great scholars or philosophers or theologists that capitalism is taking away from us because they can't, they will never be able to amass the amount of leverage in a capitalist system to pursue what they were meant to pursue in life. You know what I mean? Like how many souls, not even just America, but how many people in Mexico who are forced to work in a lettuce farm when they really should be the next person curing cancer? You know what I'm saying? But they have to do that because they have no other thing to do. They have no way to even pursue that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, that's crazy to think about how many people we, great people we haven't been introduced to because they'll always be marginalized under capitalism. We spoke about that uh, earlier, like how it's been kind of attacked on the arts. You know what I'm saying? Like the arts have been, you know, demonized. You know what I'm saying? Like anyone who wants to get into theater, who's a dope artist, whether it be, you know, making music or, you know, drawing, painting, sculpting or whatever it is, there's a, there's a real attack on every art. Like if you tell somebody you're an artist now, people look at you like you were nothing, like next to nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's what a capitalist environment does because it degrades all the things that make you pure. So the arts, you know, intertwine with love, feeling, emotion, relationship. You know, any type of art you can you have has to have that human element. When you portray business and you esteem it to this high regard, it's the elimination of all of it. It's nothing but a metric-based, objective-based system. So as business grows and capitalism grows, the humanitarian and morality standpoint is stripped away from everyone. So if you like you can't do art, like you have to do art in the silence of your home. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's the best art. It ain't even gotta be the best art, but something that's something, somebody that wants to consume it. Other than that, yeah. like, you can't do it. And that's crazy because like we are lo literally losing artists left and right. Because people gonna wanna get into this. Like it's like I don't even care about this. I just happen to be like do well in it. I don't care about it. Like I I'd rather do stuff that's more art related or connection based, yeah. or format based, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's innately me. But if I tell that to somebody, they'll be like, well, crazy, man. man, shut up and go do these Excel files, man. Yeah. You're not going to do this pivot chart like I told you to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
but like, but not. I laughing though, but that's like that's real. Like people have really done that, and they'll beat you into oblivion to the point where you don't even do it no more. And you're gonna do things that are more more socially accepted. So that that's kind of alludes to what you were talking about, Nick. As far as everything being conditioned, like these things aren't by accident. Like none of this not- is just by like, oh man, we know, or just not popping right now. No, this is all systematic, given the state that we're in, and that we just have to. And I, I keep thinking, I'm like, damn man, everybody think like us. The more I talk to people, I'm like, damn, don't nobody think like. like I ain't gonna say don't nobody think like that. Like, it's, it's a it's a rare it's a rare yeah. thing, bro. Because like I said, I mean, and I even I struggle with this myself because you you realize like how far fetched your idea really is like you're talking about capitalism the thing this country was pretty much and you talking about as black men especially this came, this came from slavery you know what i'm saying we was the first labor that they could leverage you know what i'm saying like we built the wealth like before they before slavery there was no need to take debt from this country that country that country we got free labor what are you talking about so you're talking about something that's the racism in America, the the wealth inequality in America is super tied together. So as black men, you definitely can't be nobody who's trying to do something outside the box because we gonna make sure you don't have like the resources to do that. Like that's just innately in America. So it's like, how do you really get somebody, or especially your peers who maybe not having these conversations or maybe not thinking about like what capitalism means outside of like most people think capitalism like oh you can make money that's like most people think about it's just business like that's what capitalism is but it's like they don't look at the systemic nature of it so he's like to do that it's like revolutionary almost that's kind of how they keep capitalism going though like they they systematically either make you either you either a consumer or you the business owner now nine times out of ten being black men not having those resources it's automatically going to us being consumed. Mm-hmm. Automatically. So the, the little bit of, of of income or whatever that we have is going right back to them being a consumer. Because it's been conditioned for us not to know how to leverage income or how to leverage debt or how to use any of it. Or even know how to use it, bro. Hyper, man. Yeah, we hyper like, we, don't even, we don't even realize yeah. like the buying power that we have as a, a, a whole. I mean, it's like, crazy buying power. But the thing is, it, we, 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 my fault. Go ahead, bro. Uh, no, you I was just saying, bro. Like, and that's crazy that you touched on that because it's like, honestly, we think money is something to be spent. Like, that's the only thing we think about money. Like, we don't invest it. We don't sit on it. We don't think we don't view it as capital. You know what I'm saying? We literally look at it as something to be spent, especially within our community. So it's like, as soon as we touch it, it's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no one's sitting on anything. No one's looking at the property. No one's trying to build a savings account. Like, think about the average American household, but just talking about the average black household. What do you think they're saving? Like, if you're not talking about a 401k, you're not talking about an IRA or anything like that, if you're taking out, you know, your your job that makes you save, <clears throat> what are your actual personal savings? Most people under a thousand. Household. So, it, it's definitely under a thousand. Like, like most that's people live in paycheck to paycheck. Like, they say 80% of America live in, live in paycheck to paycheck. Even people, they even... Gotta say, I just I just read this morning. Even people with high incomes live paycheck to paycheck. So it's like it's a we we live in a consumer society. Yeah, like it's a consumer society. But the more your expenses gonna go up because of the the more things you the lifestyle. Yeah, I got this. I got this much money, so now I can go get this. So 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 check this out. 
So the reason why, because because we've all been saying the same thing, we all been using the same word, systematic. And the main reason why we we the main reason black people do not value money or do not really treat it as the most important tool that it really is, is because number one, and I I, I have to go here, so I'm gonna throw a curveball. The black church teaches that the dollar is evil, right? So so if you look at it, um, if you look at the black church, the, the black church will tell you if you're successful, then therefore you 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 must be with the enemy. And if you're struggling, if you broke, God is gonna bless you. But you just need to be thankful for the little bit that you do have. It does not teach. And BZ, I know, man, you went back and forth with this a few months ago. How you talking about? It's not the responsibility of the church to teach financial discipline. At the same time, it's teaching the message that goes against financial discipline. You get what I'm saying? So the reason why the black community does not value the dollar the way it should is because number one, our perception of it, we don't view it as a as a tool or as or as the most important resource that you can have. We view it as something that just kind of comes and goes. We really don't understand what we can do with this dollar. We really don't understand what 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 we can do if we instead of as soon as I turn 18, my mama kicking me out the house, opposed to letting everybody stay up in this yeah. one bed department and we all stand up for a few years and then we all go out there and spread our wings we we we're conditioned lifestyle from my daughter's age you know what i'm saying it's a conditioning i think I, i'm gonna go back on you, you said something important about um like the lifestyle of it and i think that goes back to does the black church even address capitalism? It does. And, and like I said, so they teach you that if you have money, you evil, you probably doing some but, uh, ritual with the enemy and some old crazy shit. Go ahead. But I feel like that's just like, that's like I feel like that's like the very, like, you know what I'm saying? Elementary look at capitalism. Like, okay, there's half and half knots. But it's like, it but it's like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, how does this thing actually function? You know what I'm saying? Because even, even a conference right now, we can talk about like, okay, we can do a lot of things better financially. And if we was doing every single thing right, it still would, we still wouldn't beat capitalism. You know what I'm saying? As black people, we still wouldn't beat it. Because there's no beating capitalism. There's no winning. Like the game, you don't win. <laughs> Like everybody loses besides people who win, and nobody. So, what is your definition of a loss? I mean, I'm looking at a system that is going to take a working class, which is always going to be the bulk of your population. It's going to be a working class. I'm going to make you work these amount of hours. I'm going to pay you for these hours, and like Dre alluded to, I'm going to make sure you're pretty much. Forced, not forced, but you're forced to do that because you have some kind of debt to pay. Whether that's your house, whether that's your car, whether that's your apartment, you got something to keep on paying. Otherwise, you wouldn't work at all. You had everybody bills was just done for right now. You had nothing, you get free food. Nobody would, you know, you wouldn't be forced to do something you don't want to do. So I'm gonna make sure you work this job that you don't have to do. I'm gonna underpay you and take the profits and I'm going to invest in things that are going to increase my bottom line. And then you have like the system where it's saying, okay, you can go reinvest your money too. But then what, what companies are we investing in? The same companies that are taking the profit from the working class. So it's like the system is like churning and churning and churning. In the meantime, the working class is still only going to make, it's like trickle down economics. We're only going to make 
a crumb out of the pie. And the pie just keeps on going more and more to the top. So, like, whoever – how do you ever win from that game unless you become the person who is doing the same thing in that system? You know so, what I mean? Like, so I got you. So, look, so check this out. So, the way I view capitalism is it's a couple of different things because I'm not trying to beat it. I'm just trying to benefit off of it, right? So, so the first thing, I want to benefit. Second thing, I want to maximize on my opportunity. The third thing, I want to educate educate other people, educate my daughter, so then they can turn around and do the same thing. I don't feel like you need to be the top 1% to be able to benefit and live a good lifestyle off capitalism. You don't. What you, do. you, you don't, but you, I'm saying you can you can win, but I'm saying, this is what I'm saying, like, the the capitalism is so great of a system as far as how, they, how it operates. It's going to use any incremental success as anecdotal evidence to why capitalism is great. But the statistics show that the mass majority of people will not benefit. So it's like, even if one person does a certain thing, say like you probably can, all of us could probably, if we really put our minds to it, we can freak this system to make it work for us and the people we know around us. That will not change the fact that probably 85% of black people will not or ever will benefit from capitalism in the way that we have. You know what I'm saying? It's like showing LeBron James going from high school to the pros and telling high school players, you can make it to the NBA. Yeah, you can, but statistically, it's a 99.99% chance you're not. You know what I'm saying? I think we got to deal with that fact that the, the loss of capitalism or the the repercussions in a negative fashion happens on the 90, you know what I'm saying, percent scale, 80 to 90 percent scale, and most people aren't going to live no matter what you do. Like, there is, we can talk about financial discipline and literacy, and that's all important, but at some point, it's like, there's always countermeasurements to take if you have the most money, he has the most leverage. You can always change, you can always increase cost of living. You can always, and even capitalism itself, like, like we was talking about how it's always going to increase for the consumer can't really buy the products. Like think about inflation. It's, it's only pumping up something like in the stock market has to keep going up for us to keep benefiting off of it. At some point it has to go down because there's so there's too many people trying to take from it and it's going to crash. So like, when, when do we say, okay, wait a minute, bro. Like, if most people aren't benefiting from this, we gotta change it up. Like, like so, at, what point, at what point is like survival? Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point? Cause everybody, want, nobody want to hear want to just die in poverty. You know what I'm saying? But at what point do we say, okay, how do I survive this thing while also advocating for something different that can benefit the mass majority of our people, especially as black men, especially as like we see our communities, we know what's going on, we know what happened, people who, we know people who made it, we see people who are doing great, and we all know people who are doing really bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know, we've seen, we seen a lot of sides. We know, we know people in the streets, you know, people in a, who went the college route, who people may be in business route, we see people in trade school, we kind of seen a little bit of everything as black men, knowing how people are trying to operate in this capitalist society, so how do we, what is the, the most beneficial way for most black people to, 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 live life in a different system? That's a, that's, a big, that's a big question, I know, but I'm just asking y'all like, what y'all think that that is? So that's gonna come through government assistance. And and I know a lot of people wanna be like, you know, black folks, we gotta pull each other up. We gotta pull ourselves up by bootstraps. But if you look at every race early on, you know, since, since they came, took over, you know, North America, every race has had some type of government assistance. 
So if you want to help influence the majority of black people, that's going to have to come through some type of government assistance, right? Some type of form of re reparations is going to have to. You know what I'm saying? Now, if we want to talk on an individual basis, I began to, to, to really um, get in my bag when I began to leverage my skill sets. We all have a skill set. BZ, you got a skill set. Will, Dre, I got a skill We all got skill set. Once you learn how to leverage that skill set, that's when you can really begin to play the capitalism game. Now, BZ, you mentioned stock market, stock markets. Stock, I don't, yeah, y'all been knowing for a long time. I don't fuck with the stock market. It's too volatile. <laughs> I know why, because shit like this is gonna go down. But guess what? Nigga, if you own some rental property, folks still gotta pay. And I know what you're saying. How folks gonna pay right now? The government gonna come out with these bailouts. You know what I'm saying? Lenders, as when I was working for banks. Bro, we not in the bill. We not in the business of real estate. We don't want to take your property. We don't know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. So you more safer investing in things that's not gonna be so volatile and attached to the economic system, opposed to trying to run a race that you're not really familiar with. Being the stock market. You know what I'm saying? So I believe stock market is one thing. Leave the stock market alone. That's number one. Number two, for black people to advance collectively in its entirety. It's gonna to have to come through some type of government assistance. Right out. Which I which I think Dre will. That's a plain question. You know, I don't even believe in the capitalist system. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I'm more communist than anything, but I'm not even I'm not even political. I don't even box in what I think as far as like an idea ideology within that construct. But anyway. Uh, to combat, I mean, uh, capitalism. You like, you need some something to even the playing field. So whether it comes through government assistance, like Nick was saying, uh, to where you, you know, you divvy up not just money but land and actual things that you know, assets, things that appreciate in value. I, I feel like you give someone a stimulus package, like just money, people won't know what to do with that shit, and it, it'll be gone before they even get there. You know, so you need, you need some type of, you know, first education, and then you give them the monetary, you know, access to gain it along with some, something that appreciates in value. So as you said, like properties or other, you know, things that will yield dividends moving forward, you know, within a community. And you need education. Like you can't build within a capitalist system and, and think of it as a global win. It's only, it's, a, it's an individualistic win. Like everything about America, capitalism is very individualistic. So even if you and your family reap the benefits from whatever's going on, like BC said, 85% of the people are still struggling and living paycheck to paycheck and hurting. Like, even if you reach 100 people, you might think reaching 100 people is a great win. There's still about 6 million people who are struggling. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you do what you can do, and I get that. But that's, that's just playing the game to your advantage. So, really, if you combat that, it needs to be a revolution type of thing. Like, and that's the only way to really combat it. Like, I mean, we're trying to find ways where we can get crumbs within the system. But... In order to combat like the whole, you know, economic system, the whole mindset, and it's so, and it's so, it's so fucked up because it's built on such a long story, fucked up foundation. Like, so you really have to break down literally everything to the last plank, and then rebuild in a way that that benefits all. And that's very idealistic because yeah. very few people have that mindset but it's something that could be conditioned as well like we've been conditioned to be cutthroat and individualistic and i gotta get mine and all of that like we have other countries and most eastern countries are very much more family oriented 
and they have mandatory time to be with their family. They have paternity leave as well as maternity leave and things like that, like things that are really emphasize the act of being a human. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 the way we get back down to figuring out the things. Like money isn't that value, and that's the thing that we need to get a hold of. Like in our system now, it's the only thing. It's the only thing in the capitalist system. It's the only thing. But at, at, at a human level. It is not that valuable for the reasons that you specified earlier, Nick. That the only real value that you have is your family, your friends, and those relationships, and how you build with it. Like that's the human way of looking at things, and that's the only way that we can build in a more constructive way towards finding that inner peace that's not necessarily tied into money. Because right now, people's concerns about money probably equate about ninety percent of their worries, and yeah. that even trickles to relationships. Like everything like your finances probably equates about 90 percent right now for real it equates 90 percent of your struggles and your you know the things that you you know struggle to deal with but uh, if you get down to the human level of like building those relationships and then building upon that and just having the means to be uh having necessities covered and then have some of your wants and then being fine with everything that comes between that that's how you build towards a more constructive society and you'll see a lot of the little nuances that are going on within the system kind of evaporate in a new system that kind of eliminates those, you know, very strong individualistic variables. So I know it's kind of vague, but like if, if y'all really want the reconstruction, I can get into that <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour by myself. Will, what you, what you got? What you got, Will? Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Nick said, like as far as like a community um, to even like get on even a level playing field. I feel like we need to recreate ideas like Black Wall Street, like creating our own social economic class, like building within our own. Like we're the only community that spends the larger amount of our money outside of our own community. Like a lot of other races, Asians, whether it be Jewish, whatever it is. They own businesses and they keep that money within that community of their business. So with that working class, okay, yeah, they they, they may be working class, but they own the shop. So yeah. the money that they spend is going to come back because the people in their community are coming into their shop and it creates a flow of money within that community. Circulate. So kind of like, it, yeah, it creates a circulation within that that uh, working class or, or whatever, middle class, whatever you want to call it. Right. So now you have equity. So now even when you do go outside of your community, you have things to leverage. So it kind of, it creates a level playing ground. So I, I feel like that's the first step to creating a level playing ground or even like to kind of get ahead with this whole capital. Cause I, I, I don't think capitalism is going anywhere. It's not. Anytime soon or ever. No. It's so, not. I, guess I, I like that's the first step for us as a community to to level the playing field. You know what? I, I believe I believe it, it, if anything right now, and and this may be the optimistic side of me, but I feel like this is a great time for people to capitalize, right? So now you know, looking into it because I have a book and I, I gave it to my girl. It was like, but it talked about like the first six black millionaires in America, and like I had this book maybe for about a year, but basically um they were all service-based businesses so um they, they own buses right like bus routes 
You know what I'm saying? They own, uh, I think it was grocery stores. Like, like they, they just own like different service businesses, uh, trash companies, they own that. But if you look at it due to status, we have gotten away from one to be in those type of industries. And now those type of industries are the ones that's really sustaining and making record breaking profits. The sanitation business, record breaking profits. You know what I'm saying? So it's like looking at that, we now, all of us on, on this call, need to understand that this is a great time for uh, a clean slate for everybody. Now it was about seeing the opportunity and capitalizing on the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Will. That's true, but I, I feel like the reason a lot of people don't know that is because people look at like the glitz and the glam and they, they want the fame and that, that's what's put in your face. So like, you see, yeah. you don't see the success behind that. You just say, oh, this, this is just somebody picking up my trash. That's like, that's not something I want to do. I don't want to do that. Like that's, that's beneath yeah. I, I want to be seeing social media all goddamn. I want to be an influencer. I want to, no, you know what I'm saying? I want to be a star and fame and all this other stuff. But like, you don't, people don't I, take the time to think like these are successful things. Like you, you can, like, how do you think anyone profits from that? Like everybody has to have their trash. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody. Like, it's not even a question. Like, you have to have that. Got to. I, I think it's the idea. It's the idea of success. You know, so I was gonna, I was gonna say like touch on all your points. You know, Nick's talking about you know reparations, the government assistance. We were talking about equity ownership. Dre's talking about like even just changing the the mental aspect of it and how we even looking at this whole scenario. And I I think. Part of it too is like, as it's even our community, but that's globally as a whole, like we have to shift what human values we hold. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do we put? You guys are this right now, like the, what's number one human human value? You may say love, but you probably gonna say money. Money is probably gonna be, you know what I'm saying? But everybody won't love in some kind of way though. You know what I'm saying? But money is gonna be like, okay, if I get the money, I can get the love. But like, so I feel like because we don't value. But is it really love? Well, that's that's a, that's a good point. It's, it's, it's it's a love. A lot of people look at it like that, though. I know it's stability. If someone has stability uh, financially, it's much easier to see through their faults or work throughout, you know, certain type of things um, exactly. because they have that fallback, you know. So yeah, it's layered for sure. Yeah, it's definitely it's like, layered. The more of the comfort and stability I bring, opposed to the end of me, yeah. Absolutely. You can love it a hell out of me, but if I'm broke as hell, it's a problem. I'm broke out the house. You know what I'm saying? But if I bring it in that bag, you know what I'm saying? I'm just looking on a couple text messages. Uh-huh. Make it a star to blind eye if I got that bag with me. Right. I mean, he treats me, I mean, he treats me, I mean, you know, he just bought me a new car, so. Man, he bought me a bag. Well, we had a conversation about that. Oh, never mind. I don't even want to talk about that. No, but seriously, I think we go back to, you know what I'm saying? I think everything always goes back to your foundation as who you are as a person and i feel like black people especially we've been robbed of even figuring out who we are you know what i'm saying like we don't know who you are you always looking at you so you see the system is mark the system is is going to do its job like the system is great at doing its job it's going to market to you it's going to tell you to do this do that do this do that do that do that it's going to make you play the game but if you don't know who you are 
and they can keep you from knowing who you are, then how can you ever really establish value as a, as a community? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's our community values? You know what I'm saying? Like, the same role. Bro, it's pretty much like bro. it's pretty much addiction, sex, drugs, yeah. money, the like violence. The shape, you know what I'm saying? Like we got a we got a pretty toxic culture, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we don't value, we don't put value on like it's people putting they fighting their family on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like so we don't value we don't value friendships, relationships. We don't value connection. It's all conditioned, bro. It's all conditioned, bro. It's all all that stuff is conditioned, bro. It is social media glitz and glam, being conditioned to be combative and you know to see our people as our first Nothing. enemy rather than you know you know our partners, you know our kings and queens and brothers and sisters. Our first enemy is the dude walking down the block who's who's staring at us too long, and we willing to fire off on them. But let that you know, white man, say a couple things to us. You know, we 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 docile all of a sudden. We'll tweet about it though. We'll tweet it though. Yeah, no, but let the police officer beat up on a young black girl. You know what I'm saying? Man, a little girl that's ten years old, and we all just recording talking. Oh my god, all this! But you ready to smash off on this brother for looking at you wrong? Come on now, like what? Where are ideologies at? Like where? Where's the grown men in our community? You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying that to be sexist or anything like that, because you know. It's, it's been shown that you know women stand up before most men in certain situations. So like Sad. we're the real people, that, like who gonna actually you know have some morals and some values about what we are. But we conditioned to be such in a glitz and glamour and a consumption of nothingness of like like I said the shade room pop culture. Who's wearing this? What Jays just came out? Fashion trends and all that. That we don't even care about our brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? We see somebody getting beat up and we laugh at that. You know what I'm saying? We see somebody start their own business, like, oh, yeah, that's cool. He gonna fail though. He gonna you know fail. Like, you feel me? Like, somebody start their own business, he get like one or two likes. But you repost somebody getting, you know, jumped, you know what I'm saying? Everybody commenting. Mega like, shares. You feel me? It's just like our, our values are so messed up intentionally, on purpose, but that, that we can't advance. We gotta break that cycle though. Absolutely. I think, I, I think we're on that wave too, honestly. But go ahead. So we gotta break the cycle, but again, everything starts from the four walls of uh, of the home. You know what I'm saying? And Start these uh, four walls right here, brother. The mind is thing to waste, brother. No, so anyway, um, but so I mean, so it starts in the four walls of the home, and everything is started and ends with family. And I think once we begin to really realize how vital it is for us to have good soft skills, we we, we as black people, we're skilled. We tribal, and many, man. And many different things, we're skilled. The biggest thing that we lack collectively is soft skills. Bruh, and you cannot get anywhere in life without having good soft skills. You can be the best at what the fuck you do, but if you don't have soft skills, if you, don't have to, if you don't know how to navigate a conversation, if you don't have the ability to hold yourself accountable through different situations, you're not going to be successful, right? So again, when I look at our people, we are very talented. We have limited amount of soft skills, period. So I wouldn't even say soft skills is the main thing. I would just say a unified approach towards anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think our you know, connection with each other is very low. Like, like, like we were saying, like other, other communities have culture and they have a yeah. sense of unity, 
because you know, you know, they they know that they're for each other. You know what I'm saying? We're they not got, for anything. They got values. Yeah, they got yeah. values that are so a part of who they are that you know what I'm saying. Like you go to a, a, a that that kind of goes back to what BZ was saying. Like we were robbed of our culture. Like these are things that have been passed down to them for generations. Like they've been yeah, taught at home, like for generations. Yeah. Like, you know they, it is, they, bro? they perfected this. No, nah, facts. And another thing, like just kind of echo what Nick was saying. The reason that we are so skilled is really we're the survival of the fittest. Like we're the offspring of generations who were beaten, humiliated, uh, had everything stripped from them. Yeah. We're the spines of that, you know what I'm saying? So we have we have a gene in us that allows us resilience. To yeah, yeah. It's, it was, it's a resilience in us that allows us to do that. But it's also a, a, a gene of apprehension. Like we're naturally mm-hmm. naturally cynical. Can we say that all? Because we've seen so much traumatic stuff that that those you know traumatic events have been passed down to us. So our great grandparents, you know, what I'm saying were probably slaves and seen some brutal stuff. And then, you know, our grandparents were part of the Jim Crow law who saw people hanging from trees and being burnt alive and skinned and things of like that. So, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're resilient, but they're also apprehensive, you know what I'm saying? And then we have, you know, the freedom fighters, you know, and the Panthers, you know, who are our parents, you know, uh, in those generations as well, you know, and we just now get to a point to where, you know, we're not looking over our shoulder. I mean, it's still systematic at this point, but it's not as overt. And we're just now getting to a point within the last 20 to 30 years where we can take a little sigh, like a little breath, like, whew, okay, maybe I can pivot towards a little bit now. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I can see why, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, also like we've had extreme measures to why, you know, we are this way. All of it was purposeful, like nothing. Like we had that Black Wall Street and it was, you know, burned down for a reason. We had Black businesses. They were sabotaged for a reason. There's a reason there were FBI informants on the Black Panther Party, which is which was initially nonviolent and was just helping communities. You know what I'm saying? Actually, it was all nonviolent. We just protected our communities. But it's a reason why the FBI had, you know, those spies within those organizations. That also yep. goes back to what you were saying, Dre, about as far as unplugging. Like, I think we're the first generation to be able to, like you said, take that breath and be like, okay, how can I do more than just survive in this system? How can I navigate this system to set me and my family up for years to come? Like generations before us, they were just more so concerned with how can I stay alive? Trying to get by. Yeah, like how can I stay alive? How can I keep my family alive? So I feel like we're we're the first generation to, to be able to say, okay, how can I navigate capitalism to where it's gonna benefit me? Or, or what what kind of steps could I take to benefit my community, me and my community, to get us to the next step? I ain't gonna say we the first. Like, I agree and disagree at the same time. I ain't gonna say we the first, but I would say we the first to. I think as fast society has grown, has given us a chance to take advantage of the opportunities that we have with the technology we have today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Can you go back to the 60s and 50s and 40s and 30s, like they was talking about this stuff. Like it was certain people, they may have been like the the outliers, you know what I'm saying? Do you have, look, Martin Luther King was talking about capitalism, like, like right before he died, he was talking about money and wealth inequality. Like that's almost one of the biggest reasons they killed him was like, you talking about the money now. Like you can talk about this race stuff, but don't talk about the money. Like Malcolm X was, and later in his life, he was talking about money more than, than, than race. Um, 
the Black Panther Party was was communist. You know what I'm saying? So they was all about the wealth inequality and how can we change this? But I feel like they didn't. Now it's like it's crazy because I feel like like Greg was saying like the culture is so different now. Like we we will we gravitate purposely to like nonsense and stuff that's like almost degrading us to where in that time. I don't think people were going out their way to look for self-destructive things. You know what I'm saying? Like it may have been there, it may have been present, but I don't think anybody was. The Panthers were out, and Palmer was like, "Man, let's, let's go talk about shooting the nigga." Like I don't think nobody had that mindset. You know what I mean? Like it's right. like it's like survival, and I feel like that may be it. Like we have the comfort of not having to worry about, and we can still have to worry about it to a degree, but it's like I say it's not as overt. Like you can still get killed right. by the police tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? That can still happen tomorrow. I'm, I cannot be here tomorrow just off something, go off a whim. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like the Klan marching down the street. So we got that we got a level of comfort. You know what I'm saying? That it's, but it's a mental thing, though, because, like, to, to deal with so much trauma and BS, like, you got to find lightness in the dark. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we often, like, minimize such extreme events because they've been happening so long. And if you succumb to that, you go, you go crazy. So like we've succumbed to like some of these tragic events, and then honestly make light of it, and like let's reintroduce like the troll area. I mean troll era. Like I don't think anyone trolls as vicious and as crazy as we do. It's kind of sick. As gravitated to yeah, and as gravitated towards such like dark and you know messed up concepts as we are, and we would literally be within that for hours. Like I don't think any other race has as many shade pages or these crazy blogs as we do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they may facts. have like entertainment news weekly and all of that that's like kind of trashy. We go full immersed with like the shade room, world star hip hop, media takeout, <laughs> like a whole bunch of this like nothingness. Like it's literally giving you nothing. Like who cares that Cardi B just got a new tattoo on her ankle? But they'll make a whole post about it and everyone's going crazy and maybe arguing with each other in the comments about it. Like I think we're the only race that really does that. I just don't know why we are like that with moths to a flame. Maybe it's the traumatic experience that we have, or maybe it's just conditioned for us to kind of go after what's hot or what's hip or something like that. I think it's self-image, bro. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a a negative self-image. But I I really think that we are, and as Will said, like our generation, I speak to our parents, we are the first generation who are really starting to unplug, see things for what they are, and detach from it. Like, we see the excessive negative stuff, and a lot of people just get away, I mean, like, just completely turn it off. Like, a lot of people just out of Facebook now or out of Instagram out of this and like they really like transitioned into like an inner peace type of model. No, the only reason I, like I gonna... go ahead. The only reason I can't agree with that is because I think it's kind of disrespectful to the people who have historically fought against what what was going. We wouldn't even be here if the people, you know, what I'm saying, like I said, we are spawns of still even the people who fought back. You know, what I'm saying, not everybody was complacent. Like we can look like today, even we can look at people who are. All they do is come on the shade room. We can also look at, you know what I'm saying, people who are heavily invested into, you know what I'm saying, improving the community. I feel like it's always been that kind of like maybe 90-10, maybe 80-20. I don't know like what, what the percentages are, but I just feel like today we have more connection. So like before, Martin King doing something in, in, in Memphis and I'm doing something in California, 
we can't necessarily connect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know his ideas. I don't know his thoughts. But now I'm doing something in St. Louis, you in Dallas. I can say, hey, Dre, I got this idea. Boom, 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 boom. We can connect instantly. You know what I'm saying? We got this leverage of technology to where now I can immerse myself with people faster who got the same ideas before it's about grassroots. I hear your thought. I hear you. Okay, I hear you. But all right, let me pose this, though. Like, so our parents now have the same access as we do. and like I think all of us unplug naturally on our own uh, through various methods. You know, say it could be a collegiate environment, it could be in, around like-minded individuals, or maybe you just decide to pick up a fucking book and you like, man, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be for each one of us, all of us allowed us to dive deeper and look at life from objective lens. Like, I know this is happening, but I see why? where you're going. I see where you're going. So, and I'm saying our parents have that same opportunity to do so, but and it's not. I'm not belittling my parents because they are amazing and all that. <laughs> But Shout you, to sometimes get stuck, right, you get stuck in your ways, you know what I'm saying? So I, I can put them up for all this game, but if you're not ready to receive it or you're not receptive to it, it's going to fall on deaf ears, you know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like more of our generation is being willing to, you know, listen to some, some things. So it could be the digital age or whatever the case may be. I, see what you're I saying. feel like as we recondition our generation. So, Nick, I know you instill the same type of values and ideologies that you have within your daughter every day. You know what I'm saying? You're going to give her games and tutelage and give her the tools necessary to be a very successful young woman and to attack life with a whole different lens. And I feel like when we are all blessed enough to have, you know, kids, we want to have that same type of mindset and that's going to grow. That's going to radiate. If you can have something that's so strong and still within the youth that when peer pressure comes around, they can fight that off, then that's strength, that's power. And people are going to gravitate towards that strength and that ushers in a new era of thinking of that's, not just being like this is yeah. where you're supposed to go not go but that's, like no why am i going this way you know and what ways are there to not only go this path but a different path and just asking why is a strength within itself i think that's the nature of consciousness though like you know so like i see what you're saying like at some point like somebody who's a slave the idea of them fighting against making 15 dollars an hour like not being complacent that's a huge gap, you know what I'm saying? Like, so civil rights is a huge stretch. Like, it's always radicals, you know what I'm saying? Like, people always have to be, there has to be somebody on the leading edge of, like, crazy. Like, oh, no, that's crazy. Like, at some point, bro, not being a slave was considered crazy. Like, somebody fighting for not being a slave. Like, bro, what you doing? Calm down. We finna, you finna get us killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was a crazy, radical idea. And then you got free. Then it was like, you fighting for rights? Nigga, we free. We trying to go back to slavery. You know, it was somebody who was saying like, bro, chill, like you're doing too much. So I feel like it's always, so right now we in a position, our generation is that we have the ability to look back at what every other generation did. With, and we don't, we don't know what it's like to be in Jim Crow. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what it's like to be in chains. You won't know what it's like to be in the civil rights movement. So we, our perspective is, it's a blessing and a curse because we don't have the perspective. That's why what our elders are supposed to be for to give us that perspective, say, okay, this is how things were. I see where y'all taking things. And it, it requires your, your elders to be growing at the same speed. But it's also, they don't have to either because the youth is supposed to be pushed up the floor. Like, I, I never lived through that. So I ain't going to live my life based on how it was to be a slave. Like, that's crazy to me. How somebody could say, oh, you know, people died for the right to vote. Well, some people are like, well, bro, I should have had that right in to begin with. You know what I'm saying? It's not to respect what people fought for, but it's like, bro, we got something new going on and we're trying to take it to another level. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think we just, we just in a position, our generation is, and even the one underneath us, they're going to fight for stuff that we don't understand. We're going to be like, bro, just, 
I think that's the nature of just like youth because youth just brings that spirit of like chaos. That's what youth is really about. It's like bringing a new energy to the world and a new idea. And so the yeah. 80 20 may always exist, but. But, but yeah. you know, I really don't see it in the line. I really don't see progression. I felt like, I, I feel like we had more progression back in the 60s, back when things were more segregated than now. When, when, when it comes to black people. And I feel like if we look at... But you're looking at it from a lens of where they were and to where we are now. You're not looking at... But things that are normal to us today or will be a problem for a generation, the next generation, they don't look at things that how they are today. I'm like, how y'all, how y'all accepting this? How, how is how the millennials dealing with this? Why y'all just say, acting like this is cool? So we just looking at it from the lens of they had a lot of growth, but we got a lot of growth to do too. So I'm looking at it through the lens of number one, I'm gauging the success of the black community, like just by itself. The black community was worth more back then than what it is now. Bruh, if, if you now, whenever you think about an entire black community, you think the hood. Bruh, black back then you had black doctors, you had lawyers, you had dentists, you had all this within the black community. You still have black poverty. Like let's not get it twisted though. Bro, no, no, no. But 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 here's the thing. I'm not saying you didn't. But what I'm saying is the black community, the, the landscape of the black community back then, and, and where it is now is night and freaking day. I don't think you can say that because we have the richest black people who have ever lived in America alive today. So we can we can play like I'm saying we can we can do the leverage game like okay the rich black people back then, rich people black people where right now. Easy. There are there are rich black neighborhoods in America. Like, there are neighborhoods of black people. You can Google this. I've done this research before of, like, where are the most wealthiest black neighborhoods? There are black Easy. neighborhoods that are, Easy. yeah, uh, in, in, in Maryland and California, there are pockets of people who are majority black who have a lot of wealth. And I'm just saying, I think we can always look at, like, the Black Wall Streets and, like, stuff like that and say, man, these people have a lot of money and they were doing well, but there were also people who were right next to or still in slavery, they were like doing, they were doing low menial labor and maybe they weren't slaves, but they were still doing slave work because they didn't have the education. So they weren't all black doctors, all black lawyers. I, I think what Nick was trying to say, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was saying not just the monetary piece, but he was talking about a community aspect of like that Thank unity you. aspect, that, that, that unity piece. Like, Thank even you. though like, you know, we weren't like, you know, these, you know, super successful and, and you know, given they were, uh, uh, the initiative to be a lawyer and doctor was much more prevalent back then. They was like, that's the only way you can be successful. Now we know there are, you know, a lot of different streams to kind of get to the bag. But what I think we've all discussed and, you know, pretty much came to a confirmation that the bag is the only thing. So yeah, there yeah. has to be a community aspect within how we build. And what, what he's saying is that I think we're detached, more detached than ever now. You know, that's, whether that was my finances... But and also like within the community aspect as far as- But that was my whole point of saying that we can't say that we're the most unplugged generation. I'm saying there are people who are in those times who are trying to advance what black people communities look like. I'm just saying how we're unplugging is gonna always look different than one generation to the next. So like we're unplugging, but Gen Z, God bless their souls, or whatever the next generation is after that, <laughs> you know, they're going to have some ideas that we think are too radical because we're trying to, we may, there are a lot, a lot of us who are still playing in the capital game, like, okay, we can still, we got opportunities, like, we can win, we can win, we can win, and they may not even be having this conversation about, man, how has capitalism failed the black community? But Gen Z may be saying socialism or nothing. You know what I'm saying? They may be all socialism, nothing else. 
I wouldn't yeah. even won't won't even know y'all how y'all even trying to win the capitalism. What are y'all doing? But we think it from the lens of bro, we never had anything. We have to try to make something out of nothing. Even though you may be trying to unplug from it, they're gonna be looking at it from a lens like, bro, this is kind of obvious. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, do y'all have enough? So I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, everybody got their own comfort level and their own level of apprehension. Ours is just different than what our grandparents were and our great great grandparents were. I think it's all just progression, and we just accept the progression that comes from it. But I just think, in the meantime, we still have to accept that push. I, I think the main fallacy, and I just kind of wrap my statement up with this, is just that we are playing a catch-up game that's vicious right now. Like, we're just trying to catch up. You can never advance trying to catch up. Like, the person is still running, and they're running at the equal pace of not faster than where you are. You we're shoot just trying them. to get to that. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not for that, too. <laughs> you got to revolution, too. You got to shoot them in leg. But, like, no, for real, like, it's like, we're trying to get to equal playing ground. That's like that's the only thing that the black people have been trying to get to is for equal footing for everything, whether it be civil rights and all of that. But this economic, you know, deprivation that we're currently in, we're trying to get to a solid threshold. And we don't know what we don't know. It's all been intentional. Like they have so many, you know, underwriting schemes, things you can do with investments, portfolios, and things like that. And black people, that's that, that might as well be a foreign language to black people because we have no idea how to even build that long range game or get to that generational wealth mark. Or, you know, as, as I forgot who said it earlier, no, nah, Nick said it, like we, we mandate our kids to leave at 18 with no type of equity or ownership, but we have this false pretense that equity is leasing a vehicle and leasing an apartment and being on your own. And that's a false sense of equity. And that's what's like been mandated within our community. So we don't know how to play the long range game. And that's been intentional within our communities, which is why we can't get generational wealth which is why everyone is gr- starting from ground zero or worse. You know what I'm saying? Like either so as you as you were born, you probably inherited some debt. Yeah. Something some bills was probably in your name. Some something was going on. You're inheriting debt. You're not inheriting this trust fund that's worth a hundred thousand dollars by the time you're eighteen. We're, we're inheriting debt. So we're trying to get to ground one versus some people who've had generational wealth, trust funds, mutual funds, a college fund and things of like that. And then trying to play some type of game with them, like we're we're in the infancy as far as like waking up, and I'm damn near thirty years old. You know what I'm saying? Versus someone who's had the game given to them intentionally for the last you know hundred years. So yeah, I mean we need revolution, bro. We need it's the only really the only solution is revolution. Man, listen, I'm a quote that. Put that in the quote. The thing with reparations, though, like if black people got reparations, would they know what to do with? So we ain't got so, the we don't have the listen, I, I I would say this. At this point, it's just about everybody everybody it's not realistic to expect that everyone is gonna be successful. And I feel like that should not be the primary focus of reparations. Reparations is you know what, I owe you these serious this. Whatever you do with it, that's your business. But I owe you this. You know what I'm saying? So since I owe you this, here I gotta it is. give it to you. What would be that numeric value? You said what? What would be that numeric value? Man, it's gonna be it's gotta be in the trillions. I did a, I did the count one I did a count before uh, how much money they said was um like collected during slavery and it transfers to like current day dollars. It's in the trillions, like it's in the mass trillions. Yeah, so so it's like now I don't know what that looks like. All I know is we we deserve an opportunity. We 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 deserve that. Now, whether you squander it or not. It's your fucking problem. 
You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it is needed to progress black people. But, but see, that that's the thing, though. Like, you say that's your problem, but, like, it needs to be our problem as a community. Like, mm. that part of the unity, Ooh, you have yeah. to teach. Like, you yeah. have to teach nigga spit. the other black people that don't know what to do with that because you know what to do. It so it's like your responsibility. As, so, as, as someone that, that has gained that knowledge, it's up to you to pass it on. Otherwise, it's gonna fall. Like it, it's gonna, it's gonna end with you. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so 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 still people want to step up and teach people the game. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still based on what are you gonna do with the game? The knowledge. Knowledge. At the end of the day, hey, bro, that's like giving somebody a, 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 a fish and ride and some bait. Like, hey, nigga, go get some fish. Like what the truth? Like, like nigga, you gotta like the, the game with it. The, the the phrase saying you can lead a horse to water. But you can't make them drink. Like once you once you once you give them that knowledge, that hey, that that's not on you no more. Once you give them that knowledge, you did your part. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's why I say it's unrealistic for us to expect but, to but I think but, I, but listen, but listen, listen, the same way you say it's unrealistic. At some point it was unrealistic for us to not be slaves in America. And somebody still, some like you know, what I'm saying there was somebody who died. Like slavery was a long time, bro. There were people fighting for slavery their whole life, and they still die slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm saying, so I'm saying, like even now we thinking like, bro, it's impossible. But I'm thinking, like, think about not even your daughter, but your great 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 grandkids. Like, what you want them to live in a society where it's, hey man, look, it's just it's still cutthroat, it's still do or die, or, or how we have to be the ones, like I said, we have to be the ones that go to the radical extreme so the next generation can have a, a better, like, yeah. a better shot, you know what I'm saying? We got to go as far out as we can to almost unrealistic to push that narrative so the next generation picks it up and say, wait a minute, this is what we can do with it because they don't have the pretense that we live under so they see us trying to come together as a whole, like, we got to do this. And that's what that's what Martin King and Malcolm X and Civil Rights and the Black Panthers and the Freedom Fighters, all them did, they went to the farthest extreme they could, that even if it wasn't realistic, because Martin's dream didn't come true. The Black Panthers didn't didn't succeed, but we got the idea from them. We like, man, they was fighting for this. Like, maybe we can get there. And so I feel like we just gotta, like you said, we can't, we can't, it's not realistic for every black person to to win or to be in a comfortable position or just to have a perfect community. Oh, but you don't have to be. We gotta still push for it. You know, so we still gotta shoot for the moon. You I mean, yeah. I mean? So I, I'm I'm not saying the effort should not be there, but again, I'm saying it's unrealistic because because the way the question was posed, saying that what's the point of the reparations if it it, it, it matters because some people are gonna squander that opportunity. I'm not expecting everybody to do right by the opportunity. On my end, am I going to get a game? I'm going to give the game. But realistically, I know, bro, it's, it's not realistic for everybody to be successful. It's realistic for me to do my part and y'all do y'all part. But at the end of the day, the outcome is not going to be 100% success rate. It's just not. And I guess the, the undertone that y'all speaking to is optimism. Okay, cool. I'm optimistic. But I'm also being realistic. I'm gonna do my point. I'm gonna get a game. I have no problem with that. Y'all gonna y'all gonna get y'all first shot to the game. I know y'all would. What I'm saying is, at the end of the day, everyone, not everyone's gonna capitalize off that opportunity. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying everyone. Capitalism. 
Capitalize, right? <laughs> of course, but you reconditioned your mind. It's feeding to the beast, you my brother. Oh, man. <laughs> no, nah, nah, for real, though. Nah, this is my last statement, though. Because I feel like all of us are low key. Hello? Get your, get your weak ass Wi Fi. Man. Man, everybody else can hear everybody else. Man, I hear on one D. Who messing with the flow? Not nah, here. All right. But, uh, nah, for real, though. Nah, like, <laughs> nah, also, real stuff, though. We already, like, slaves in the system. Because we're all gears in the system. Like, none of us can stop working and just be cool. Like, this freak, this, like, like this notion of freedom innately doesn't exist. Like unless you have a community of people, which we were all alluding to, to where you can go back right. to whomever house and like you can be self-sufficient, support you know, whatever ventures you're trying to go for, which is very uncommon in this day and age. Um, we have to do something. Like we have to be within the system. So I can see tweaking the system to your advantage. But nevertheless, you have to have systematic debt. Like debt is just a part of the American life, whether it be a mortgage, a lease, uh, a car things are intentionally out of your price range in order for you to be in a hamster wheel in a continuous pay cycle so that you have to labor for some type of external means. So the goal, the end goal is to alleviate yourself from those constructs of being a gear within that system or being within that matrix thinking that this is the only way. Um, and you know, it's a number of ways to kind of get to that, but I think people have to realize that what we perceive as freedom isn't that you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the way you think isn't That's, free. Like, the, the way things that you're doing isn't free. Like, all what? these things, subconscious features, systematically put in place and purposefully put in place in order to contort your thinking, contort your actions, and give you this, you know, false misconception that you have freedom. When in actuality, everything is an algorithm. You know what I'm saying? Everything has a system, has a place, and you have your system in place within. And I'm out. Yo. Yo, this is the most this is the most revolutionary episode we've had. I think it's I think it's thanks to Will. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think we made some I think this is a crazy episode for people to listen to. I mean, we went from coronavirus to talking about economic inequality. <laughs> you know, but how do you name this, bro? What, what title is this, bro? This is this is, this is <laughs> revolution. <laughs> The revolution virus. I don't know. And look, look, these are uh, quarantine thoughts. Man, quarantine, <laughs> quarantine, revolutionary. I don't know. Oxymoron. You know, quarantine revolution. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, I think this is a crazy episode, though. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a conversation a lot of people need to have. You know, yeah, I think, I think, listen to this may open a lot of people's eyes on, like, man, wait a minute, capitalism doing what? Wait a minute, what? Like, so I feel like we might we might have brought some ideas to the table that some people may not have been thinking of, especially like some people who may be in our peer group or whatever. So, bro, it's gonna be a lot of googling for people. You know, so they ain't familiar with what we're talking about. A lot of Google, a lot of pause. Like, what are you saying? What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's an IRA. Yeah, you gotta start. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the shout out to the uh, realistic Nick. Change the Instagram name to realistic Nick. <laughs> His name is Realistic Nick now. It's a new name, Realistic we're Nick. Roll, we're gonna roll Nick putting on the Dewey. <laughs> Dewey Nick. <laughs> oh, he got the tag flapping. Bro, is that how you live, bro? Oh man. Oh, yeah, hey, I I the 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 Dewey, uh, uh, hey. oh, my this is a superhero. It's all on the back of your neck. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Yeah, I'm not a giant. Just going on with the dueling, bro. Don't just the dueling like that. That's so disrespectful. Against the I, I, man, I, I wish I could see this right now. Once again, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Against the Rain Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all social media at ATGPod3. Also, make sure you like and subscribe. Leave some comments so that we can interact with you on the next week's episode. And make sure you tell your mama, your mama's mama. And your mama's mama's mama. And you better not forget your daddy's side. And there it is, ACG. We out. Get it. Yeah.